G'day, g'day friends. You are gonna love this chat. I don't know anyone who wouldn't get something out of this conversation that is about to go down, that is about to be in your ears with the awesome and super warm Blake Worrell Thompson. He knows his stuff. He's a performance coach. He's a lifestyle and mindset coach. He has had 17 years in the personal training and fitness and wellness industry, and now he's doing things a different way. Check this out. You're gonna love it. Blake Worrell Thompson, you are the host of Living the Life podcast and also a performance, lifestyle, and mindset coach. So, three cheers for that. So, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So, tell us all the things about what a day in your life looks like for you at the moment, considering all that you have on your plate. Yeah, what's well, changed a fair bit um, over the last 12 months when I shut down my fitness business in Sydney. So um, at the moment, doing a bit of work um, in Adelaide with my brother and our six-week gym in Adelaide, um, and then mixing that in with some kind of business development, which has been an area that I've kind of grown over the last 12 months, and the coaching as well. So um, the coaching's good fun. It's strong. Um, a mix of kind of the high performance with a couple of athletes, a couple of corporates, um, a few couples, and then mental kind of illness and also mental health space. So the um, it's 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 a variety of things going on at the moment, which has been good. That is good. Variety is the spice of life, so they say, and I have to agree. So 99% of this epic community I have here are women and as a result are often completely perplexed with the opposite sex as I'm sure many men are with us. So I'm excited to have this chat with you. Um, and we're all so wonderfully composed of both masculine and feminine energies, our light and our shadows, truth and ego, and the polarities go on and on from there. So as a collective, and not meaning to throw out any generalizations here, but we experience things differently, like obviously, yeah? Massively differently, <laughs> yeah, completely. And do you train both men and women? Like you work with both, or? Yeah. So, um, the, the, having been a PT for seventeen years, it was probably seventy percent women and thirty percent men. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, um, that's transferring into my coaching as well. Um, but probably. I like the way you kind of framed it before. I feel that's actually helped me in a number of ways of almost being a middle person, so to speak, um, for females, asking me a lot of questions about males and, you know, definitely not understanding the female um, completely but spending a lot of time with them probably, you know, at times a few steps ahead of guys who don't get that um, level of exposure to women and their thought process. So it's actually been um, quite an interesting space over the last couple of years in that almost that middle ground of um, definitely helping women understand men um, and a little bit of men kind of probably helping men kind of step into their role properly um, as the masculine as well. So 
I love this space and I'm glad you've kind of brought it to my attention and um, want to go there. Excellent. So I used to be a personal trainer for about seven years and I've, I only trained women. So I know that the majority of women that when they were coming to me, it ended up being so much more um, conversation around, you know, their mindset and the way that they're, you know, navigating things. So I'm not surprised at all that you just answered that way that you're acting as like the middle, the middleman exactly in terms of, and, and a bit of coaching and counseling and everything else that, you know, comes with that. So what's the biggest difference that you've noticed in terms of how men and women both tend to handle things? Um, <laughs> I, think the, I think the most obvious one is that women like to talk through it and men kind of retract a little bit. Um, and as you can imagine, I'm sure so many of your, your female listeners have noticed that that doesn't create a very good outcome often. So, you know, one of the things I've noticed and one of the things I find really interesting is that you know, on, on, if you're looking at a hierarchy, so to speak, for females right up there at the top or, or thereabouts is that connectedness. Mm-hmm. And for men, you know, right up the top um, in conjunction with them being aligned their mission, passion or purpose is a sense of freedom. So if you're looking at connectedness from a female point of view and you're looking at, free, at freedom from a male point of view, you can see that they're um, – can be tension pretty easily and, and cause all types of friction. So it's interesting to kind of play that out and navigate that as well. Totally, because that's like when you explain it that way, like when especially I, I've done it in the past, like the more that we tend to crave someone or want someone and try and, you know, hold on to that, that's just like a whoa red light for a lot of men, you know, if that if we're not navigating it in the right way or coming, you know, speaking the same like love language or, you know, that could be pretty confronting if um, generally a top priority on that, you know, that pyramid is freedom and women are not reading the right like signs and craving connection yep. and they just, you know, it's not matching up. Yeah. What a shit show. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, I I think what, you know, the way that I see it is like it's not, it's not, it's definitely not about like playing games or anything like that. It's just understanding the the way that the male thinks. And, you know, one of the interesting things by a guy called David Davey, he wrote a book called Why the Superior Man. Such a good book. Phenomenal. And, and like, you know, my go-to probably more regularly than anything else. For me, I feel like it's almost like a Bible that I need to read every six months to kind of reinstall, you know, patterns and and beliefs or whatever that have fallen away. But one of the things in that is he talks about, you know, if a bloke isn't aligned with his passion, purpose or mission, then he's not going to be the fullest version of himself. So, you know, I think if you're looking at it from a female perspective is you need to kind of, understand your triggers and and while connectedness is obviously um super high on the priority list it needs to come from a healthy loving place as opposed to a fear place because if it becomes fear-based it's going to become a pretty anxious Mm -hmm. you know shitstorm for you absolutely oh 
Um, now I'm just like reflecting on so many things that I could have done differently over my like lifetime oh, of, isn't that just like so <laughs> confronting? You're like, Oh yep, oh, Nailed that one. Yeah. But we, that's how we learn, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, yeah, you true. know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, mm. Mm. but you're on your own personal development journey, like obviously, and you do work in that field. So where are you at with everything right now? What's the, you know, the areas where you're focusing on with your own personal growth or that you've circled back to? Yeah, well, for me, um, you know, I think <clears throat> often personal growth comes hand in hand in the, the health and fitness industry, which is a great thing. But for me, what I noticed, you know, at the start of last year was very much an addiction to it. Um, mm -hmm. And it is, you know, learning and growing and whatever else can be quite addictive. But the problem was that there wasn't a level of like embodiment and integration. So, you know, you'd spend thousands and thousands of dollars getting your next dopamine hit from the next course or the next coach. Yeah. But without the, the integration period, which definitely isn't as sexy as the like, you know, the, the reading and the learning, um, the results are kind of pretty slow if, you know, if they're at all. So, Really, for me, when I started to notice this pattern at the start of last year, I started to kind of pull back on, you know, doing courses and starting to kind of increase the level of self-reflection, self-awareness, because mm -hmm. even in that um, is an endless opportunity for growth. If you're seeing, you know, where you're triggered, where your patterns and programming and behaviours are and aren't working for you, you really start to kind of open your eyes. So... You know, in the last, coming up to two years, the only course that I've done, and it's not really a, um, you know, it wouldn't come in your traditional personal development course, but it's a 10-day Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And that actually was the most um, insightful thing that I've probably ever done, you know, and, and is amazing from a self awareness, self-reflection point of view, the insights that come from that. So, you know, my personal development is very much me peeling back the layers and the identity that's been built, you know, in particular over a 17-year period of Coach Blake and Trainer Blake and, and building, you know, I've essentially built layers upon layers of um, stuff. And, and over the last two years, ironically, I wish you know, I'd done this 20 years earlier, but ironically, I've, you know, I see things very differently now and it's more about kind of peeling back to the truest, most authentic version of self, which, you know, when you've been building an identity as coach and trainer Blake for 17 years, which is, you know, almost half your life, um, it's a uh, somewhat challenging process of stripping away that identity and the ego and everything that's been built up and getting back to the most truest version of yourself. I think that's so important that, you know, some of the biggest growth opportunities come with like a playful curiousness that I think, you know, gets totally um, overlooked. And I've definitely been in the same situation where I like was just so hungry for knowledge and wanted to learn all the things and read all the things. Um, but you do get a bit of burnout with that. And I'm so glad that you brought up that, um, the topic of integration because you, it doesn't matter if you read all the books in the world, like unless you're actually applying that to your own life, it means like jack shit. 
And yeah, you've got to give yourself space and time to do that. Well, to be honest, the integration and the embodiment isn't sexy and it's kind of boring at times as well. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's super (laughs) uncomfortable. You know, you put those three things together and you can see why a lot of people will never do it. No, but um, they'll tell you how we, to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're good at that. They're good at that bit. No doubt. But, yeah, it's it's definitely not as sexy as going and doing a course and getting those dopamine hits that, you know, often come with personal development. Um, but, in, in you know, in that mess is where the magic is. So you really do need to kind of sit in it and, and integrate. For sure. And you also mentioned triggers, which I think um, I think there's so much information in our triggers. And I know a lot of people are encouraged to avoid them um, through whatever, but that is the polar opposite of what you should be doing with your triggers. Yeah, they're agitating and aggravating or confronting, wow. but that's where yeah. you learn about who you are and what where your next healing step is, right? Hundred percent, and it's it's an interesting space. And at the moment, in my head, you know, people, I guess, like yourself and and me, are constantly changing. And I don't hold too much attachment to beliefs these days because mm-hmm. as I grow, different beliefs fall away. So you know, when I'm when I'm talking about my current belief system, it's probably going to be different in six months' time. But my current belief system is very much around, you know, a lot of people actually in this space of there's a little kind of spiritual bypassing where they're trying to um, avoid, you know, certain people or environments or situations as opposed to understanding, you know, what's behind their trigger or what's behind, you know, um, the, the way that they're feeling around situations. And for me, you know, one of the big things has been, you know, probably – um, you know, and, and depending on the age of, of your females that listen, is your relationship and, you know, for some of them, if they've got kids, your kids will, and, you know, to a th- if there's a third level, it's almost your business, but your relationship and your kids will be your biggest triggers. That doesn't mean they're wrong. It means that you need to lean into that shit and make sense of it and, you know, it's it's all good in hindsight, and, and you and I will probably say that a few times over the course course of this chat. But you know, a girlfriend, um, an old girlfriend who really was polar opposite to me in so many areas. You know, we fought a lot, and at, at that point in time, I didn't really have the understanding that everything that we fought about was essentially just us seeing the world differently, us being on different ends of the scales and, and her triggering me in different ways, which was absolutely nothing to do with her and everything to do with me. And isn't that like, yeah, and that's it. And just different, that's a whole, well, shit, that's a whole heap of insight that you've just had there. Would that have, that knowing that you have now, did that help you within that relationship or did you come to that conclusion after that relationship? <laughs> I came to the conclusion towards the back end of the relationship and it would have been super um, helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, there's a lot of reflecting, uh, you know, up to, up to the individuals. I don't know if there's a, a right or wrong, but <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of reflecting post relationship that happens. And, you know, ideally you want to learn these lessons in the relationship, but some of them, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, happen post 
the relationship, but you know, she was just essentially, as I said, the polar opposite to a lot of me and a lot of that kind of shadow that I hadn't really lent into. Um, and there were so many lessons in it that, you know, at the start of the relationship, I just didn't have a, a level of ownership or understanding to know what that was all about. But, you know, everything that we fought about, and, and I think, you know, I'm big on kind of taking ownership, was my shadow and my stuff. And, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't, she's not a bad person. In fact, she's a great person. It's all kind of reflective of me and, you know, anything that kind of, pissing me off about her is is really on my shoulders and no one else's well that's it we've got to take no one can make us feel anything it's all entirely on us and then that's really uncomfortable as well because blame is like in the moment it feels really great but it's actually just giving away your power and you know it's not helping you at all you're just yeah i'm not down for blame at all all so what would you say to anyone who's unraveling and unlearning all the things and rediscovering who they are but their partner isn't on the same page or even feeling perhaps a little threatened by this next level of growth that they're experiencing that question probably gets asked in in very different words but probably gets asked once a week i reckon so the, the recurring theme at the moment and again, you always got to ask yourself kind of why you're trapped in what you're trapped in. But the recurring theme at the moment is, you know, women doing this growth and unlearning or, or kind of peeling back the layers. Um, all the buzzwords. And, yeah, all the buzzwords. <laughs> and, and their fellows not doing the work. But again, like you've got to kind of stay in your own lane and, and, and mm-hmm. focus on, on you. I think the hard thing for a lot of people, um, you know, and again, a generalisation, but for a lot of females, it, it seems that there's a recurring theme of them feeling like they're too much, and for blokes, it's not feeling like they're enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really fairly incredible skill, I guess, for a bloke to be able to hold and anchor um, himself and the relationship in a female's full array of emotions and ups and downs and everything. But that's what I really think is is one of the most impressive attributes of a bloke who can do that. And society, um, you know, in a roundabout way, tries to make us quite beige and, and streamline us. So, you know, you're really going against the grain a little bit if you're going to play full out to the most truest and most authentic version of yourself. But, you know, I think... If you look at all the kind of research around um, people in their deathbeds and what they wish for and didn't wish for, a lot of it is around you know wishing that they were more themselves and and less conformed to social conditioning. So you know I'm a big one on encouraging every female to peel back the layers that they've built. You know if they've felt at any stage they're too much and, and to be the truest most authentic version of themselves and and on the other side of the coin of males being able to anchor that and, and hold you know a female and hold space so that she can play full out i think it's makes for an amazing dynamic um it's just not that that many people play that game at this stage no do you follow john wineland yeah. How good is he? I'm just like obsessed. I could sit yeah. and watch his his teachings 
all day and some days I probably have for a little too long but he speaks about he speaks on that um so beautifully about you know the dance that ha- that needs to happen and I mean as in terms of like a, a woman and our like just cyclic nature like we are the perfect storm so it takes a lot to be able for for a, a man to be able to not feel like he needs to fix that and like you know um control that or quieten that um and it also putting the it back onto a woman to to be able to self-regulate as well as to what is real and what is necessary and exactly circling back to what you said about coming from a, a place of fear or a place of um like love and connection and what is real and true in that moment so yeah, if you guys aren't following John Wineland, ladies, or anyone who's listening, because we do have a few men, definitely check him out. So guys do feel as much as we do. We, they just tend to express it differently. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And there's this you know, solid research around that that, that that says it. And I think you know it's pretty obvious that there's a, a serious problem amongst men and their ability to kind of express you know, through conditioning, from the last kind of couple of generations um, and it's obviously causing a lot of, you know, issues, you know, six in, six in eight daily suicides of men mm. um, and it's bad, it's, it's real bad, you know, to the point where when I've spoken to psychologists and psychiatrists, they reckon that the media is actually downplaying those numbers and that they're actually worse than, um, than they say. So, <clears throat> you know, it's and again, that's you know, I'm sure you've experienced firsthand. That's a recurring theme for so many females. It's mm-hmm. like I can't get in to express, or you know, he doesn't communicate well. When you know, even me being in this space, um, there's still been you know, heaps of times you just have to speak to any of my ex girlfriends <laughs> that, <laughs> I, <laughs> that I've um, struggled to, to find the words and you know I know when I started this process a few years ago um, you know for and for a lot of blokes it'd, it'd be even more challenging than it was for me that it's it's almost like learning a new language you know like when you're starting to feel again and, you, and you're trying to find your words it's it's quite confronting because you know, you're kind of just spitting out shit. Like you, you, you really do feel like you're starting to learn a new language, and mm-hmm. when you're trying to find words to describe how you feel and stuff like that, that can be quite challenging as well. So, um, you know, you need to be um, empathetic and considerate, um, and and to be honest, you know, despite the fact females think they have got this part all well and sorted. The ability to hold space for a guy is also um, a really important skill to learn. Totally, because that can be really confronting. Like we think of, and I'm using the big generalizations here, but, you know, as women, we tend to, you know, especially when we've sat in circles, whether that be, um, you know, having coffee with friends or cocktails, which tends to get a little bit more like out of hand um, and a little bit more vocal. But we think we want the our men and our partners to, you know, open up and share all the things. But in actual fact, are we willing and capable to, which we're, everyone's capable to do it, but it can be really confronting to 
allow your your partner if they if this is not a new if this is not a common thing for them to be able to unravel and if you if you aren't confident and don't hold that space effectively that can you know then they can potentially not that like change that experience for them and then not feel safe to open up in the future like it's a very delicate thing like you don't want to crush someone so taking the time to be aware of what's required and it's not hard like it's simply just listening isn't it we hear hold the space and people are like what the fuck am I holding like I don't know like what does this mean but it's simply not trying to change it it's just being open and allowing people to feel how they want to feel wouldn't you say yeah I mean there's a couple of ingredients to it you know it's the ability to like be fully present Mm -hmm. because you know if if you're having a conversation with someone and you know all the listeners once they've heard this little bit they'll they'll probably start thinking about it with their conversations but you can often tell when someone's fully present because they're like there's maintaining eye contact and and unfortunately for a lot of people they're in this position where they are listening with the intent to speak so it's almost like you can see that they're like they want to get their words out so they're kind of with you but they're also thinking about what they're going to say next you know that's one element to it and then there's the like judgment element where you're feeling judged Mm -hmm. whether you are or not and then the you know projecting your own fears and opinions on someone else it's it's all of those things combined is is you know and stripping that away is really the ability to to hold space and you know i know for for me i've been in one relationship in particular um and you know she's a gorgeous girl and and everyone's doing the best they can I, I kind of really buy into that thought process um but you know when I was kind of struggling, I've, I've probably never felt so alone despite being in a relationship. Um, you know, and I think Robin Williams talks it about it a bit before he obviously passed away of like, you know, you can be in a room of 50 people and, and almost feel more lonely than being on your own. And that's the same with a relationship. If you feel like you're not seen, heard or understood, that can be more lonely than just kind of, going about life on your own and I've felt that and it's you know it's not a great feeling and it does you know a lot of people aren't intentionally doing it but they don't have the skill set to really um, essentially hold space but as you say listen properly with with no intention intention other than um, acknowledging your partner for exactly where they're at and and trying your best to understand and empathize what's going on in their head I can tell you, like, I actually did a post on that this week, um, or depending when this airs, recently on Instagram and Facebook, and it blew up because, um, like, I have been divorced for three years. There's been no relationship. I'm I'm open to it, like, for sure. Um, but, you know, I was having one of those days or weeks maybe where I was, you know, off sharing with my friends and family that, you know, I was a bit down about it, like, you know, it's not easy to meet someone, you know, who's in like now that I know what I know and have learnt what I've learnt and am who I am in myself, it's, you know, it's I'm I'm not just going to go out and date for like just for kicks, you know, like I'm looking for that yeah. connection. And I was expressing that and the amount of like my beautiful friends and family who have the best intentions and I'm not like 
hacking on them at all, but how quickly they were to go, oh, but you'll meet someone, like you're a catch, like, and just dismiss it. Or, oh, there's plenty more fish in the sea, you know, blah, 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 or oh, whatever it is. Oh, and like the same thing for, and I know that this same thing and this example that I use for like women who are suffering, you know, repeated miscarriages or one miscarriage and they're like, oh, your baby's coming or whatever it is or everything happens for a reason. And I just find that it just makes my whole body tense up because that is, there's a time and a place where everyone is welcome and open to a pep talk. And sometimes we, we need that and we go to our friends and family for that like hype girl, you know, connection. And I'm sure you go to your mates for like that, you know, that, um, that ability to be lifted up. But more often than not, when we're expressing that our hurt or our feelings or our just what discomfort or opinion or whatever it is on something, people are so quick because they don't know what to say. So they're just going to like sweep it under the rug. Like, don't feel that. Like, let's fix it. You're better than this. Da, 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 da. And that is so isolating and damaging to the person who is experiencing that feeling. Um, yeah. So I just went on a bit of a rant about that. I love that because that is a big part of, you know, when I was going through a fair bit of change, it, it, it's super similar to what you're saying. You, it's, it really is the difference between acknowledging and seeing someone where they're at and dismissing it, like dismissing. Mm-hmm. And, it, 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 you know, what we tend to do is, is think of it as, as to where we're at. Like if you're down and out, something small can feel like a mountain. So, mm-hmm. you know, I look at the things that were really kind of bugging me six to 12 months ago and, and, you know, were kind of beating me down a bit and, you know, at that time they were big. Now I'd, I'd be, you know, in a different place to handle them but that's the difference between acknowledging me for exactly where I'm at and going, oh, come on, just get on with it. Like dismissing it is so unhelpful. Like, and I feel the generation before us is very good at dismissing it. Like, oh, just, you know, get up and go again. And, yes, cool, there's – a, a strong time and a place for that and there's a strong time and a place right now to meet me exactly where I'm at in this moment and you know tomorrow morning I'll probably be ready to kind of tackle the world but right now I am you know not, not feeling like that exactly and I mean all you need to do like for the this is for us who are maybe who are on the receiving end of if someone comes to you and says, you know, like, I'm struggling with this. I'm having a really bad time with this. or I'm feeling really lousy about this. That sucks. That's all you like by simply meeting them in that, that moment, not trying to talk them out of it or around it, you know, that's going to do so much more for someone than trying to pull them out yourself. But by joining them in the pit, for a moment and being like, I'll yeah. sit with you here, you know, like, let's, that sucks. Tell me about it. Like, tell me what, oh. like, let's talk, you know, I want to hear it. Yeah. That is going to do so much more for someone than trying to go, let's bump a sticker our way out of this one. And even if that meant so like your heart is in the absolute right place, which every single person who's ever given me one of those like chin up buttercup, 
um, moments and they're like, you know how to talk, talk your way out of this one. And I'm like, yeah, but we're still humans and we still, I know the, the value in experiencing the feelings that I'm feeling right now. Let me have that. <laughs> like, totally. And for any of those guys that want to listen to it um, or watch it, Brene Brown does a really good video on this. So if you type in Brene Brown, I think it's empathy versus sympathy cartoon. It's really helpful in terms of understanding the difference between empathy and sympathy um, and essentially how damaging sympathy is, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's having the social skills almost to understand where that other person's at and meeting them there. And, you know, building rapport is essentially meeting someone where they're at. Um, and you lose rapport real quickly if you try to come in at a different level. And, you know, I'm a big believer as well of, like, understanding support and challenge, mm -hmm. um, you know, both in relationships, friendships, whatever it may be, and knowing where on that scale is right. And I'm probably a big believer because I've been, you know, the hard-ass male at different points that has challenged girlfriends at the wrong time where they just needed to be supported. So knowing, knowing, you know, where your partner is on that scale or where your friend is and is it the right time to challenge them, you know, and if they're really kind of down and out, probably not. <laughs> and, and is it the right time to support them? And, and it's a bit of a dance between those two because, you know, you can't sit in that dark, heavy hole forever. No. So while you meet them and build Things that we've built society off, where 
you know, I'm not intentionally, you know, although my rebellious streak is strong, I'm not intentionally trying <laughs> to um, question everything. But if it's not working, you know, I will challenge status quo and I will challenge these industries that have been built off, you know, thin air and, and, and look at a lot of the results that aren't working for people. And, and the, you know, the, the primary outcome of people being happier and more fulfilled in their lives. And I'm so glad that you are. And I'm sure that it's so important, like just because like my parents are the most phenomenal people on the planet. Um, but they are still very much of, well, that's what, that's the system. And this is just how things are done. Um, and then I come along and buck the system. Um, but then watching them, how they've adapted and how they've been the most super supportive people has been phenomenal. Um, but even in terms of like both of my parents are diabetics um, and watching their like experience with the healthcare um, system and the advice that they're given and it's just like, really? Like is this, because that's just, and they, they have no choice but to follow it. So, and then I, again, come along and showing them all these different things and new research. Like, I mean, Pete Evans gets smashed for simply encouraging, I mean, I don't know about all of his views, but a lot of them, he's simply encouraging a different way to do things and eat whole foods and get some movement. And the media and the health industry, like in a general thing, smash that. So I think it's great that you're, you know, encouraging people to question things, putting them back in the seat of, you know, the driver's seat of their life and, um, yeah, raising a little bit of hell there and creating places where people can gather and have these conversations and, you know, learn a different way or just listen if they're not ready to action it. Just, you know, just be part of it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, Katie, there's so many different elements that I'm questioning, you know, the way that it works. And, you know, I even talking to a psychologist a couple of weeks ago when I was up near the Hunter Valley in, in Sydney, just just inland from where you are. Yeah. And he was saying, mate, like, depression, suicide, everything's outrageous and, and out of control. Mm-hmm. But a stronger level on that is loneliness. Um and, you know, so I even look at, like, the way that we're connecting, we're communicating, and, and even the communities that are lacking and look at those three things. And I want, you know, I want to kind of get my hands dirty on creating better um, platforms for people around that. You know, like, I often laugh about communes and, and how um, <laughs> we should go back to that. But, you know, I know a lot of people um, kind of around Denmark – have never moved away from that platform and you know when you're looking at research and studies that they're, they're often talking about those guys as the leaders and at the forefront of happiness and fulfillment so there's a lot of avenues um and without kind of diluting my message too much and trying to be you know a superhero and cover all of them um you know i've got views on those areas and as I said, it's all for the well-being and the fulfilment of the individual. And, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of society doesn't want to question status quo. And, and I'm happy to, you know, lead lead that movement, even if it means that there will be backlash. And, you know, 
fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, a, a lot of our society want to try and be liked by everyone. It's um, so boring. But for me, but for me yeah, which, which doesn't resonate at, at all, but for me I prefer to make, uh, you know, a real kind of dent in, in, in the world and, and, and lead somewhat of a movement. And for that to happen, you're not going to be liked by everyone. And, you know, a lot of people just go about their business and walk around almost like the sleeping dead, but that's just never going to, that's never going to vibe with me. So, um, I'm happy to kind of lead by example, albeit with somewhat of a backlash at some stage, no doubt. Why not though? Like why not? Getting okay with being misunderstood is a really powerful place to be. And you know, it's not our job to be liked by everyone. So Blake, where can we find you? How can people work with you? Well, the best thing to do um, is to probably follow me on Instagram, um, which is my name, Blake Worrell Thompson. Um, And I'm also a big believer of making sure that it's a right fit for both. So, you know, in terms of us working together, if if that's the right thing, I'm big on making sure that you've you've sussed me out properly and spent some time kind of doing your research because the last thing I want anyone to do is to make the same mistake that I made for you know, 10 odd years of jumping straight in head deep into working with someone or doing a course or whatever and it not being a right fit. So sit sit with it, make sure that it feels right um, before you make any call. But that's where most of my work's kind of done through Instagram these days and, and see if the messages land for you and, and when and if the time's right, then feel free to reach out. Not, how good is the gram? I'm the gram, the magic happens. I love Instagram. Oh, Blake, thank you so much for joining us today. I am sure there is a lot for everyone to ponder on this conversation and I really do encourage everyone to go and check you out on Insta and connect if that feels right. So thank you so much for coming on. Beautiful. Thanks for having me, Katie.